Engage the World Through Illinois podcast series, a product of the International Programs Team within the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. This podcast features the international and intercultural experiences of students and professionals who dare to explore life on the other side of their cultural assumptions. Each episode unpacks the complexities that often attend the journey of finding one's place in the world. I love the place I am in. I love the person I am becoming. But I know, eventually, the fairy tale must come to an end. These are the bittersweet words LAS Global Studies alumna Emily Freeberger offered when describing her study abroad experience in Vienna, Austria. While it wasn't necessarily love for the German language that led her to Austria the first time, enchantment of the country and culture ensured her second return as a working professional. In this episode, Emily takes us on a journey from the 49 tram in Vienna to her latest adventure as a graduate student in the Gies College of Business, recounting all the ways in which German shifted from a language to a relationship. Emily tells it all here. Welcome back, our Global Campus podcast listeners. Thank you for tuning in again this month. I'm excited to share with you that this time we are actually zooming in, no pun intended, on a continent where we have not had the opportunity to feature a guest from before. I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Schmuda, who has worked and studied abroad in Vienna, Austria, and will be sharing a little bit about his experiences, his role with the LAS International Programs team, and he will then introduce our very special featured guest. Hi, everyone. As in German, hello, guten Morgen, guten Tag, guten Abend. Uh, my name is Kyle Schmuder, as Nikita mentioned, and I work in Vienna, Austria, in the Inline Vienna programs, and I'm also currently working with LAS International Programs. And I'm excited to be here to talk with Emily about studying abroad, but before we start our questions for Emily, I want to talk a little bit about myself, if that's okay. Permission granted. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So I am actually originally from the United States. I was born in Detroit and grew up in Northern Michigan. And I never really had too much contact to German or Germany or Austria, especially linguistically, besides from when I was a baby. And when I came to college and did my bachelor's degree at DePaul University in Chicago, I really wanted to get in touch with the language again. So I started taking classes and I uh, ended up getting a major, uh, major in German. And I studied abroad in Vienna, Austria for the academic year 2014-2015. And this experience really shaped me. So after I came back from uh, studying abroad and graduating from DePaul, I returned to Vienna for a master's degree. And now I work in the NY Vienna programs where I teach German and I do lots of other fun things and get to meet amazing students like Emily, who studied abroad with us here in Vienna in 2019 in the spring semester which feels like forever ago, but really wasn't that too long ago, actually. Yeah, and Emily is with us today, and she is a graduate from the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences at the University of America at Champaign. She graduated with a degree in Global Studies, and she also studied abroad, as I mentioned, in the Indiana programs in 2019. Emily is also currently a graduate student in the Geese College of Business. Emily, thank you so much for being with us today. 
Thank you both for this incredible opportunity. I'm more than happy to discuss my experiences. So to get things started, I wanted to ask you about some of the things that you experienced living in Vienna when you were studying abroad. If you could paint a picture of your study abroad experience in Vienna, what are some images that immediately come to your mind and why? Thinking back upon my time in Vienna, I can think of a few really distinct memories to paint my picture. Funnily enough, the first image I certainly see all the time is I'm sitting on the 49 tram or part of the public transportation. Now that may seem kind of a funny answer, but until you've gone to Vienna and experienced incredible public transportation that can get you everywhere, like you just can't understand how wonderful it was. But what I love so much about it was on my way to school every day, I could put in my headphones, listen to my music, and look at all the beautiful buildings as I made my way to class. I truly felt like I was a part of the city, just one of the citizens. Another great uh, image that I have that helps me paint my pictures is the hot summer streets. So I was in Vienna in the spring of 2019, and of course it was cold and wintry, but that bloomed into a beautiful spring and a wonderful summer. And a lot of places don't have air conditioning, so many people like to go outside, enjoy the parks, go to festivals and sit on the Donau with a drink in your hand and having just a great time with your friend. Those were just a few of the things I imagine when I think back upon Vienna. That's beautiful, Emily. I, As you were describing or illustrating this picture of your time in Vienna, I could see it. I could actually visualize it. I've had the opportunity to, to also study abroad in Europe. And you're so right. I think it's the best. That's the best way to explore a new place, a new environment, especially um, beautiful cities in Europe is by foot or by the tram or by bike. And it's immersing yourself in the culture and surrounding yourself around the people and beautiful architecture. You, like you said, you really do feel at one with the, with the people and with the city. I couldn't agree more. You could go literally anywhere in the city and beyond if you wanted to, but there were so many different streets and districts to explore. You really didn't have to go anywhere else to have a wonderful time and to discover something new. When I ask people why they choose a particular place or language, many people tend to romanticize it by saying, well, you know, I didn't choose this language or place. It chose me. <laughs> we were fated to be together. Is that your experience? Why did you choose to study German and why German in the context of Vienna? That's a really great question. And I think cliches do have a lot of value to them, surprisingly enough. Um, but why German and why German in the context of Vienna for me, it wasn't so much as it chose me as more of I needed to do it. I My first two years of college was at a community college, actually, before I transferred to the U of I. And my first foreign language that I ever began learning wasn't German, but it was actually Spanish. And it was on an online program. And, you know, some people can handle online classes, but I really struggled with Spanish, especially because I didn't have the support of a teacher or, you know, having someone to practice it with. But knowing that I was going to be transferring to a university, I needed to get my language requirements. So I sat in my advisor's office and I said, there's got to be something that I can take in person that works with my learning style that will feed my interest in cultures and global circumstances. Is there anything I can do to fulfill this? And uh, I had a German 
teacher, one German professor on my community college, Highland Community College, go Cougars. And there was a class of eight of us. Not many wanted to take it, but because we had only eight of us, we became very, very close knit. And it went beyond just opening up a textbook and filling a requirement and instead developed into loving a culture and the kinship that you've created with your fellow learners. So moving on to U of I, I was a global studies undergraduate and we had a language requirement, of course. So I decided just continue with German. I mean, I was more than happy to. And in a way, it really fed into that, you know, that cliche of it picked me, it was meant to be because my cultural heritage is German. But after living in the United States, my family for many generations, we really kind of became lost in that great American melting pot. And it was a perfect way for me to think about my past and to really become something that's bigger. And then moving on to Vienna, again, it was kind of out of necessity. I had to fulfill a study abroad requirement that would allow me to graduate. But as fate would have it, Vienna was the perfect place for me to practice my language, to learn more about culture, as well as fulfill very important requirements for myself. So it sounds like you have a lot of experience learning German. So before Austria and still, hopefully. And I was just curious to know, how would you describe the German language to someone who has never been exposed to it before? And how would you describe your current relationship with the language now? I think that's a really interesting question, because I think when people feel that sense of unknown, people tend to fall on stereotypes or just general information to kind of paint that picture for them. So in my experience, I think people might say that it's harsh. I think it's very cliche to to think it's not one of the love languages by any means. Maybe thinking about famous bands like Rammstein, Screamo, rock and roll, and so forth. But I think the right word isn't that it's harsh, but that it has a body. It isn't thin and wispy like French or Spanish, perhaps, but every syllable kind of, you, you have to put some oomph into it. You're using your body and your mouth when you're speaking the language. And if you've never been exposed to it, I would say it's quite similar to English. It's more similar to English than you might realize. And I don't think native English speakers would have that much of a problem picking it up or finding those similarities if they decided to learn it or if they watch popular media with German in it, for example. As far as how I would define my personal relationship with it, gosh, I've been learning German maybe six years now, and I think it's been very on and off again in my professional career. And you can't always take the class, but you try to keep up with it. I would define it as almost like a relationship. You, you fall in love with it, you feel inspired and you're loving it, but then you get frustrated sometimes and maybe you set it aside <laughs> while other things take focus. But then you kind of realize, oh, like, I kind of miss it. My life is better with it. Um, and then, so for me, German's kind of that part where my life is better and has been a lot better with it than, you know, setting it aside. It gives you kind of access to something like another person's life or another culture which is really important to me. So I'm right back into the swing of getting back into it again. I like that description, a language with body. I don't think I've heard a language described like that before. And then secondly, when you said you would describe your relationship with German as a relationship, and I, and I feel as though that's beautiful because whether or not you are directly engaging with the language or it's quietly sitting in the recesses of your mind, 
it's there, it's present. And it, it seems like it will always be a part of you, whether or not that direct engagement is happening. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's really cool. Emily, my next question for you is about the international education experience, right? People who are privileged to be exposed to international education often describe the experience as life-changing. Would you say that is true for you? And what are some other ways that you might characterize your own experiences? Yes. Easy answer. Quick answer is yes. It was incredibly life-changing. I've been very fortunate as a very young individual to be given the opportunity to travel, which is not something that happens very often for a lot of people. The University of Illinois Study Abroad Office gives a lot of access and resources for students to even go abroad, which is not something that you might find at another university. And knowing in my, my major and my interests that I like culture and language, that was a necessity for me. And it wasn't going to be just a vacation. It wasn't going to be just like a time to travel with your friends necessarily. It was a lot more than that. It was, so it was definitely true. I relive those six months very often. And for me, it was the first time that I could be an adult. I didn't, I barely knew a soul when I was over there. And I had the opportunity to start over again in a way, a new leaf. And just to take that those six months as they were, and it was certainly a privilege. I might characterize my experience as a time to be very vulnerable and to get into touch with the real world. Because when you're studying abroad and living in a space and a culture, these are real people, real lives, and in a pocket of the earth that you can't read about in books, see in movies, or even dream of, you are living the experience instead of, you know, experiencing it vicariously. And I would also characterize it as this is an experience unique to you and the people along for the ride are just a part of it. So every time like that will be different. So I can't speak for everyone else, but that is how I would characterize it. It's so nice to hear right? when you talk about studying abroad and we are so happy to hear people come back and say, wow, this was a life changing experience. And I had all these new, uh, make new friends and all these new experiences that I've had. It's always really interesting to hear, regardless of where you study abroad. And I know we spoke last week and you mentioned that you came back to Austria after you studying abroad and after graduating with your bachelor's from the University of Illinois. And you were doing a Fulbright program. So you were teaching English in a school in Austria in the countryside. That's correct. And I was just wondering, how are those two experiences similar or different? So how would you compare living in Vienna as a student and living in Vienna as a professional? It's a really interesting, thought-provoking question. Um, I think the first time I was in Vienna, I was with a lot of friends. You know, I was young and admittedly scared of what was supposed to come. And I had a lot of support because the Illinois and Vienna programs has an office with many wonderful faculty and program officers who are always there to support you. Meanwhile, also having the time of your life in a city of a million where you can feel definitely like you're a part of it. You're experiencing so much. And because it's an international city, many people do speak English. But, you know, it's a very diverse place. There's a lot of international people constantly going there. So you felt like as if you were a part of the city rather than an outside or outsider or a foreigner. And then in Brooke, to put a little bit in perspective, this was a much smaller place of maybe a eight to 10,000 maybe, which is significantly larger than some small towns. But here I was a working professional. So I worked for 
an organization called Fulbright Austria, which is a little bit different than the general Fulbright. I should be transparent about that. It's about it's a subsect of the program. So it is a little bit different. Um, just want to specify that. But I was working professionally as an English language assistant in the forestry school there. So I was an adult. I didn't have my my friends from study abroad there anymore. And in a way, I felt more of an outsider because there weren't a lot of international people living there. There, Many people didn't speak as much English as well as the dialect was a lot different. So you really kind of had to come to terms with uh, you might stick out if you if you act a certain way. There's a lot more of a cultural difference living in a rural area. But I grew up in a very rural community. So it was almost like home in a way. It was very calm and intimate. And you could walk down the streets and say, see the same exact people every day and see the same exact mountains whenever you looked out your window. You didn't get caught up in city life. It was a lot more calm um, where I was a professional. Meanwhile, Vienna was a lot more of an exciting scene uh, as a student. A little while ago, you characterized your time in Vienna, well, Austria in general, as one that required vulnerability. And it's a word that people may or may not use a lot when they're talking about their international education experience. But as you described your second experience there, where the language was more of a barrier, where um, there wasn't as much diversity, there was a hyper awareness that you were different, and then also adapting to a new culture and meeting the expectations of a work environment, right? In all those different ways, it required, like you said, you to be vulnerable and accept that and also not just be vulnerable, but resilient to overcome that because you can be faced with those kind of barriers and decide to leave, right? Go back to what's familiar, but you didn't. You stayed. Right. Brooke on Demore was a lifetime experience in itself. I was there for a shorter amount of time due to COVID situations, but in that short time in this smaller city, it did require a lot of adaptation and to get real with yourself, but also, you know, be open to new things. You once poetically described your mindset while living in Austria as, I love the place I am in. I love the person I am becoming. But I know eventually the fairy tale must come to an end. Does the adventure truly have to come to an end, Emily? Or are there some ways that you're able to keep the dream alive here in the States? Does the adventure truly have to come to an end? I think inside, like inside myself, the reality I know for myself, perhaps not. But for, I think it's hard to tell others because I don't think they'd really understand. Unless you were there in that exact time, you wouldn't understand quite, but that's okay. As long as I know what I had and appreciate it for what it was, I can look upon that time with nostalgia and smile. I grew so much and I know that it couldn't be recreated. And I think that's why I mentioned, you know, I know it's going to come to an end because I knew I was having such an incredible experience with the people and the place I was that that's an experience for a lifetime. You don't get to live that every day. But I can look at my pictures, you know, every day, but never quite feel like I did then. And that's poetically tragic. But that doesn't mean I can't live in the moment now and take every moment as a moment to cherish in its own right. If we continue to compare where we are now to then we're doing ourselves a disservice even if we really want to go back to that time 
So I can keep my dream, I guess, alive by doing little things like telling my stories or, you know, finding music that I was listening to all the time on the 49 tram and other little comforts that, that are very personal to myself, even if others don't understand. So it's really a great opportunity to speak with you about this time because it just makes me so much more appreciative. And if we've learned anything from this year with COVID is that nothing lasts forever, but we can love those times we had for what they were. Yeah, I think just hearing you talk about that makes me think of what a year you've had. Yeah, you've had, you were in Austria in 2019 and then you came back early uh, in 2020 because of the coronavirus situation and now you're back in Illinois and you are doing a master's degree in the Geese College of Business at the University of Illinois. And so it sounds like you're staying productive even though you're living kind of in this international here and there and want to be there and want to be here. This kind of mix, which I think a lot of people that have studied abroad or lived abroad know <laughs> maybe it lasts longer than you initially uh, initially think it will. Um, but I'm I'm curious to know what your life is like now. So what you're studying at the Geese College of Business, and I would love if you could just tell us a little bit about the program you're doing and how did you decide that this was the next step for you, especially after just coming from international experience? Considering how much has happened in my life in the last four or so years, I think it's almost kind of, it makes sense that the question is, how did you decide what the next step was for you? But I think that's not a very accurate question for me because I kind of just go with it. You know, that, that that's not a great answer, but I think life has taught me that it's very hard to map out your life and that when you're given the opportunity to do something, you shouldn't say no right away. You should certainly just ask, okay, but can you tell me more about it? Um, and I think that's that's kind of what happened with my Fulbright, with um, the program I'm in. So to put into perspective for the listeners, I am doing a master's in management degree through the Geese College of Business. This is a one-year degree designed for individuals who don't have much of a business background, but rather might have more of an LAS background. Um, but anything that's not business, it's meant to kind of give you a tool belt to support your cultural and very diverse skills that you would produce through other majors or life experiences. Um, so the program is one year and usually you, you take things like um, finance and accounting, program management. Um, I'm taking a global business class right now, which has been really interesting. Um, when I was going through my undergrad, especially as a transfer student, I knew that I would, you know, you have to have some sort of life plan. Like you can't just live in Vienna for the rest of your life, um, even though that would be what I want to do. But you have to be realistic and pragmatic and think about how can I take what I've learned and experienced and use it to better myself and my community around me. So, you know, I was, I was exploring options and I knew that a business degree might be a very good way to help me utilize my learned skills and put them to good use. Um, so I spoke with an advisor about my interests, uh, my passions and said, what do you have for me? What, what can I do to put this to good use? Because I think LIS sometimes has a very negative stereotype of, it's hard to find work after you graduate with that kind of degree. And that's not always the case. Uh, for me, it was moving on with another degree. So I enrolled in this program and I'm loving it. I'm learning so much. 
Um, and personally, my learning style is I get very bored very easily. So I love to take all sorts of different classes, which is why I loved global studies, because you can never be bored with everything you can do. And that's very much how this program is oriented. You described your progression earlier um, as coming from a rural town to a Big Ten university to then international Vienna, and now back in Illinois pursuing a master's degree. And you said it is specifically that progression that has allowed you to be open to a new academic discipline and leverage the adaptability that you've learned through all of these different experiences that you've had in different places to the field that you are currently studying. So I have a question for you. How do you plan to utilize this business degree after you graduate? I think if you asked me that six months ago, I wouldn't have much of an answer or I'd be very stressed out and say, why are you asking me this? <laughs> Please don't. But I think throughout my, my very short life experience, I knew things I was passionate about. I knew things that I love to do and I wanted to continue to do. And one of those things was education. Um, my mother, she's a school teacher. She teaches second graders. And for my whole life, I've been really exposed to, you know, the educational system. I've loved school, but I knew that maybe being an elementary school teacher wasn't for me. Um, but one of the things I've always loved doing is museums or specifically education, helping others, helping the community grow. So going into business school, it was my goal to really learn more about the nonprofit sector and how I can utilize um, very interdisciplinary, uh, my interdisciplinary knowledge for the better. So because of COVID, um, my summer portion of graduate school was actually canceled. And, but I hate sitting around. I get bored very easily, like I said. So I went out, I found a job, was working, but I didn't feel like I was learning much. I didn't feel like I was utilizing my skill set. So I went to um, a local natural history museum, the Burpee Museum of Natural History, and I said, listen, this is where I'm at. This is what I love to do, and I'd love to help you. I'm interested in marketing. I'm interested in education. Is there anything I can do to be helpful, especially for a museum that's shut down because of COVID? Um, so that developed into a little internship where I was working with some marketing projects, social media, and I, ne I didn't really expect it to go anywhere, but one of the major things they don't tell you in life is that the relationships you make with people can push you into other opportunities and you should definitely develop those relationships especially with people who you really love and you really like to work with so i've been very fortunate enough to develop this relationship with this museum and i will be working there full-time when i graduate in support of their mission i think you you hit the nail right on the head whether you're studying in the states or studying or working abroad, there's tremendous value in networking. And like you said, sometimes it's just that one person that leads you to your next opportunity. I'm happy to hear that everything has worked out for you, especially several months before you graduate, because as I mentioned to you before, typically people get really terrified when I ask that question, like, what do you plan to do after graduation? Like, oh no, not that question. But but you have you had a ready answer because you know a great opportunity fell into your lap. So congratulations. Thank you. I've been very, very fortunate and uh, I'm really looking forward to continuing it. Kyle, what time is it now? 
I would say it's time for a lightning round. Because <laughs> there was such a well-rounded student, of course, who's had such a well-rounded background, and just to keep the pun going. <laughs> um, so, Emily, we want to do a lightning round with you to learn just some quick thoughts when you're talking about Vienna and, and studying abroad. So I'll start the sentence and you can finish it up. First one. Vienna is... An oasis of Europe, the city of music and life and creation. Vienna is not... Berlin, Munich, Germany, or for that matter, white. I jump off the subway in Vienna. I see someone eating my favorite street food. It is... Berliner Dinner. Berliner Dinner every time. In German, sometimes I unexpectedly find myself saying Ach so, which means, oh, and it can mean anything, Ach so. I also find myself always saying stimmt, true, or natürlich, naturally. If the German language was an emotion, it would be Satisfaction. A song that reminds me of my study abroad experience is Vienna by Billy Joel. A memory from Austria that I often relive is seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger talk about the environment, not in German, but in English. Studying abroad gave me the opportunity to get lost in life and not really want to find my way back. We're so desperate to have a plan and a structure, but you just get to live life there. Wow. Wow. Live mm. life as is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just the only way. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think that's it. Just being able to be surprised, continually surprised every single day because every encounter could be different. Right. And every struggle could be different too. Right. It varies from day to day. Wonderful responses. Thank you so much, Emily, for joining us on our global campus podcast. We really enjoyed speaking to you and just learning about your experiences and how you've been able to kind of take everything that you've learned through your diverse experience and apply them to a master's degree in business. And we'll be moving on to a new opportunity working for a nonprofit organization um, close to your hometown. Feeling, feeling, Doc. Thank you very, very much for this wonderful opportunity. It's been an honor to be able to describe my very personal, unique experience. Thank you, Sean Emily. Thank you for joining our podcast today. Remember to subscribe and tune in each month as we elevate diverse voices and experiences across our global campus.